Let me bring in our hypnotist, Marshall Silver. It's uh, Marshall Silver, ladies and gentlemen, the world's fastest hypnotist. Hello there and welcome. It is uh, Marshall Silver Live. I am Marshall Silver. How convenient is that? we got a great show for you today. Not only do we have a great show, we've got $9,500, $9,500 up for grabs on today's show. So if you like cash and it's real and you'd like to win some money, by all means, get on the show. Say the secret word. Win today, $9,500. If nobody wins it today, then tomorrow, of course, it goes up to 10000 rather Monday, $10,000. Uh, we had some great guests on our show yesterday. Let me just go back and review. Uh, who was the winner yesterday of our cash? George, Melissa, Andrew, Yana, all called in, all had phenomenal questions. You voted for who you thought had the best question, and... Yana, you are our winner of 10 ounces of pure Marshall Silver Silver. That's right, 10 ounces of pure silver. I'm looking forward to giving this to you in person when you come join me at First Million Irresistible Influence in Las Vegas. I uh, had a phenomenal morning. As you know, I get up early, six o'clock. I get out of bed, I do a little meditation, make my coffee. I go downstairs, I get in the spa. I do about 15, 20 minutes in the spa, get nice and heated at 106, go into the cold plunge. This morning, I don't know what it was about the cold plunge. It was like extra cold. I didn't look at what it was set at. Normally, it's set at 55. I got out of the cold plunge after my first 15 minutes, and my body was beat red. I mean, it was so red. It was like candy apple red. And then I got back into the sauna, the infrared sauna, before I got back into my second dip inside of the cold plunge uh came out was so happy i was doing a salsa because i was out of the cold plunge and i was warming up and i figured nothing makes you hotter than salsa so i'm doing the salsa dance and uh just celebrating life we've got a phenomenal uh show today i'm very excited about our show we've got a very special guest coming on to join me and then after our first hour as you know during the first hour not only am i going to interview our guest i'm going to give you some clues uh as to what the secret word of the day is uh, then you're going to call me at studiomoney.info forward slash live guest. studiomoney.info forward slash live guest. Get on the air and say the secret word, potentially win $9,500. Nobody else is doing this. Nobody's live two hours a day. Nobody is giving away this kind of cash every single day and uh, guaranteed giving away silver every single day. This will make 110 ounces of silver as of today, uh, so it's cranking. The gentleman we've got coming on to our program today is somebody who our, our lives have crossed paths in, in our profession many times. Uh, Richie Hussein is not only a world-class entrepreneur, this guy's involved with everything. Everything from philanthropy, investments, marketing, hospitality, healthcare, he's involved with everything. 
I myself uh, managed nightclubs when I was 21 years old, know a lot about nightlife. Uh, growing up, uh, the last, what is it? Uh, gosh, 20, 29 years in Vegas. I certainly understand the hospitality life. Trying to think, gosh, that's how long I've been in Vegas. Can't even remember, 29 years. But uh, Richie Hussein is the founder of the Medical Technology Consultants Group. He's also founder of Baseline Health, managing partner at Etiquette uh, Management Group, founder of One in Influence Media, uh, investment managing partner at Exit Partners, and founder of Play, Pray for Humanity. So without any further ado, I welcome to our program, Richie Hussein. Welcome home, my friend. Hi, thank you for having me. This is really exciting. Um, I, I can't, Marshall. I cannot hear you. Is your microphone live? Let's see. Can you hear me, Mike? Hey, can you hear me? My mic is live. Yeah, we got you. There you go. Can you, Welcome right. home. Thank you so much for having me. This is truly hey, a pleasure. pleasure to meet you. First off, hats off to you. Like this, the opener I saw about you just now was just, it blew my mind. What don't you do? I, I, <laughs> I'm so excited to learn from you. I'm so excited to be on this show. This, that opener was, I was blown away first off. And I started doing a lot more research on you. Um, I can't believe you're live every day for two hours. This is first off, you're so entertaining. I've got so much to learn. I just started this journey of, uh, of being putting out content. So I've got so much to learn, but you're so well-spoken. You're this is so eloquently done. I just got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Well, you certainly understand the hospitality business and that schmoozing works. So I love you already. Now enough about me. Let's talk about me. Um, <laughs> I, love that line. I'm gonna, yeah, I hope you don't mind if I steal that line. No doubt. Let's talk about you. Tell me, tell me more about what you do. Oh, I don't even know where to start because I, I have ADHD of business. Um, I just love creating. I love doing everything, to be honest with you. I think we got this one small life to live. And I just want my, I want to meet as many people as possible, connect with as many people as possible, help as many people as possible. And the only way to do that is get yourself out there um, and just learn, from, not only just have the opportunity to learn from others. Like I said, there's, there's not enough time in the day, Marshall. There's not enough time in the day to, um, you know, to, to get, I heard you were doing cold plunge, you're doing sauna, like all these things, like there's not enough time in the day. So I'm just trying to utilize all of it and do things that I truly love. I'm really selfish with my own personal loves and my own personal development. Um, I, I always preach the fact that if you can't be great for yourself, then how can I be great for anyone around me? So I'm, I think we really got to be very, very selfish with how we treat ourselves, how we, what we want from this world to understand like what makes us feel alive every day um, and not start the decaying process. So these are the things that excite me. So the areas you hear that I'm involved with are really things that are true to me that I love. Um, I've got involved with healthcare sales. It was where I started and launched my career. Uh, and I just, you know, kept down that path because I think the world we're living in, we all need to be educated on, you know, medical products. So it's something that I always wanted to be close to me because I need to know about the healthcare arena, what's going on. And you learn a lot, um, while you're, when you're in, when you're in the mix, right? It's one thing to look from the outside looking in, but there's a different thing when you're inside and you're, you're going through the, you're going through the, um, education and, um, product development phase in healthcare. It's a lot you see what, what goes into it. And, um, from sales to marketing, I've learned a lot for amazing companies like Pfizer, pharmaceuticals, Johnson and Johnson. 
Um, I was in orthopedic sales, doing sports medicine work. And from, and I was when I was 23, 25 years old. So I've been in healthcare and then obviously being an entrepreneur since I've been 20 years old. I started my first company um, out of college. Uh, it was a sports marketing company, um, you know, and that's where I, I launched my career. So I started a sports marketing company, teaching myself how to reach out to India to learn, to, to get websites developed and built. Um, teaching myself everything i came i don't know if you know my history but my family's from uh, trinidad and tobago small island in the caribbean my mom came here when she was 16 years old uh, and her story is just beautiful she came by herself a 16 year old young lady from a small country here in the big city new york by herself the, the balls to be able to do that marshall how many people at 16 in our country today would have the balls to leave their family their loved ones there and go into a new country and, and try to make a life and a name for yourself. And my mother did that for her family. She came here, she started it all. My father followed her, obviously. She was gorgeous, she's beautiful. So he, he, they used to write letters to one another from Trinidad to, um, you know, to the USA. And think about the time of how long that relationship took to develop, right? They put a lot of energy into it. They, put, they were writing letters to one another, like, oh, I can't wait for that letter to come back. Like, think about today's technology. Like you swipe left, oh, swipe no. right down you're, you know you're ruined now oh so i learned from this and that's how i've lived my life and that's the from a love standpoint that's the love i expect right like that's the love i want every relationship in my life to have and reflect two-sided putting time and energy into the relationship really caring about the relationship and and caring for others and that's what you know i saw with my parents and that's how they started and that's the legacy of you know the two of them so I've learned a lot. I've had very strict parents growing up. I, I, you know, I always tell this story. I was five years old and I was racing my cousin from one side of the house to the other. And, you know, I was from a competitive standpoint, I think it was just in me since five years old and we were racing through the house. Right. Um, I get to the front of the house. We have a, um, a door and a glass pane window and we were neck and neck. And I saw him out the corner of my eye. He was neck and neck and I wasn't going to stop. And I just ran right through the glass pane window. Of course he did. You know, and I kept going. I was five years old, and I did that. And um, I feel that's like that's what I do. That's I think I I think I I I got out of that right. Glass all over me, bleeding. My parents, everybody came. Like, what happened? Oh my god! And I just yelled victory. And I think that's the way I've attacked life ever since, with that ambition and that passion. Um, and that's kind of where I, I started. But um, I told you I started in healthcare, but I've did a really good job from a sales standpoint. I never like calling the world the word sales. I don't like that word for some reason. It just feels to me like harsh. But you I would just want, a hypnotist. I should, but well, I should. That's, that's a really good word. Sales is a really good word. The entire economy rests on the shoulder of people like you. Well, I know that you're so right. But I, the way I like to talk about it is, I want to be a solutions provider. And if I provide solutions, the same thing, we're talking about the same thing, but I just, I feel better internally when I provide some solutions and they came to, you know, the realization that pros outweighed the cons, there was benefit, there was benefit to my relationship with them. When all those things come together, I think that's a beautiful um, solving problems. And that's all I really want to do in this world. I want to figure out a way to keep solving problems, big, big problems that I'm, that's not even, that's out of my spectrum to solve. We need, you know, even bigger, bigger minds, greater minds. And that's the other thing is I want to see this whole world, like, you know, you know, stop this divide and start coming together. So, you know, I could go off on a tangent on so many different areas, but I think we're, I think Marsha, I think there's a reason I met you and I'm excited to be honest with you, to be on this call. So 
you know, my career started in healthcare, marketing, um, sales. Like you said, I was a sales and marketing person. I re- I was working seven days a week since I was 21 years old. I worked day job that was healthcare sales and night job my marketing you know going back and forth with india and then on the weekends i was working for an entertainment company um and i was doing big parties big events bar mitzvahs sweet 16s corporate events and that was uh how i learned the entertainment business you know so working seven days a week i got married very young um i had two kids um i started when i was 24 years old and not too many people are doing that anymore you know starting that that young like people waiting longer now i see you know, to get into relationships and even longer to start having kids. But I got lucky. I had two kids real early. I have two amazing young men in my life. Um, I got divorced about 12 years ago. So, and then, like I said, like any, anyone else just trying to find their way. Well, I want to talk about, you've done so much and please forgive me for focusing on one thing. I want to talk about your experience inside of the hospitality business. Obviously you uh, were involved with, uh, is it One Oak or Ten Oak? It was One Oak. So you were involved with One Oak. Yes. And obviously we've got a One Oak in Vegas. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was I was involved with One Oak specifically in the Hamptons, South Hampton. Yep. So where are you living now? I'm in New York. So I live in uh, in Long, in the suburbs in Long Island in a place called Melville. Lovely. But I so I want to talk to you about that because you had some pretty great success. One of the things you did is you revived the Playboy Club brand yes, and and set record numbers there. You obviously did a whole bunch with one oak. Talk to me about the hospital, uh, hospitality industry. And I'll tell you why I'm so fascinated by the hospitality industry. My original mentor was a guy named Chuck Martinez. And he was a guy that reinvented Halloween. He was a guy that took Halloween as we used to know it and brought it into the current age that it's in from the costume store to the end that's only there for 30 days. He did that. Wow. And you know who Stevie B is? The name sounds very familiar. So Stevie uh, Davidovich out of Las Vegas was one of the people that originated the concept of bottle service. Selling a $45 bottle of liquor for $1,500 just so people could have the table that they wanted. He and his crew are the ones that came up with that idea. So they went from, you know, doing normal liquor sales to doing millions of dollars in a night with that simple concept. So brilliant. So, he, he, he revolutionized the whole entire industry forever. Sure did. And then he went on. And uh, when he decided he didn't want to be in the liquor business anymore, I was having lunch with him one day and I said, what business will you go into? He said, there's only one legal drug business that I can get into that's better than alcohol. And I sat there for a second and I said, so you're going into the candy business. He said, he, he kind of went blank. He said, how did you know? So he's also the founder of the Sugar Factory. Oh, my God. Creative. Here's a guy who understood that human beings, we consume sugar. We just do. And, you know, if it's consumed in sugar or whether it's consumed in alcohol, it's still sugar. Yeah. So talk to me. How did you take a company uh, in uh, 2019 where you became involved with Playboy long after the brand was already expired, but you went in and did miracles. Tell me what your thought process was in taking a company and increasing its revenue over 1,200%, 12 times over. Wow. It's, well, it honestly was an honor to do it, right? But it took a lot of hard work um, and it took a really good team. And those two things, I think that's what we were willing to do. And I think that's what it was lacking. Um, you need someone to live, breathe, and diet. You know, for any business to be successful, somebody's got to come in there and really live, deep, live, breathe, and die. 
Um, we came on site. I have a beautiful house here in Long Island, but I came on site. I was living in a 10 by 10 apartment uh, hotel room, and I literally moved into the venue, my partner and I, William Sonnet, and we lived it every single day. So we were, we were willing to put the time and effort in and be creative. And we, we, we found a lot of amazing partners. We found people that wanted to support what we've done in the past. They saw what we did in the Hamptons. Um, they saw some of the unique things we did in New York City with a club called Red Rabbit. And, um, and we, we told them the vision and explaining that vision that we think we can do something really special here. And I thought the Playboy brand was a really special brand. Um, it was at first controversial thinking about going to work for Playboy because I wasn't sure if I wanted my name attached to the brand because it was known for nudity. And I don't know if it would, you know, I'm in healthcare. I didn't know if I really wanted that attached at first. But then I thought about the success of the brand, the history of the brand, the iconic logo of the brand. And I'm like, wow, this is something I can't, I can't say no to. Right. Wow. It's an iconic <laughs> brand, like you said. And um, so I, I decided they, they launched obviously this Playboy club. It was the, the reinvention of the Playboy Club of the Old, which is a restaurant um, and nightclub and, and lounge. And it was a membership club. So they reinvented it, obviously, in a time when the Me Too era is going on, which probably wasn't great timing for the brand and what they were trying to do. Um, but that's what they, someone thought was smart to do. Um, we were, you know, the, the Playboy Club was owned by a few um, different groups. So I came in as a, as a, ma- as a management team, management company. And um, listen, they they had a passion for the project. They spent a lot of money on the project to get it to where it was to build it out. They this was, I mean, some of the top, the nicest built out build out of a, a venue in all of New York City. It was it was gorgeous. Um, they spent top dollar. The team that put it together, the guys did great work. And hats off to the guys at Merchant Hospitality Group. Hats off to Cachet Group. They they invested the, in in the right places. They invested into the place, but it was just a. I think it was maybe overbuilt. You know, they probably overspent, you know, a lot of money. Um, at that time, it probably wasn't what they were thinking. They were like, you know what? The New York City needs high end. They need the best of the best. So they built it that way. But it was just, you know, starting in any company and launching in a, any brand or company in New York City is not easy. So you've got to give yourself a long window, especially in hospitality. And hospitality is unforgiven. Um, you don't, everybody think there's huge margins in hospitality. There isn't. That's why your friend invented the bottle service because there wasn't huge margins, right? The, and, and especially in nightlife, nightlife margins are less than 10% because you're right. investing heavily in marketing and the people to come to the venue and there's there's a lot. So you you don't do nightlife to be a, come, become a billionaire, I think. It's not that, but you do nightlife to network and meet the right people so you can create billion billion dollar businesses together, maybe outside of nightlife, right? Nightlife's a great and, and done properly. You know, nightlife is, is a great tool f- to, to build relationships. And that's how I got into nightlife. I was in health, I was in sales and was always entertaining, getting people out, hanging out with them, spending time with them to get to know them. And you needed, you know, unique experiences. And then you needed to know who who's who, right? You need to go to the door and like, oh, wow, that's Richie Ocina. Come on right in and make me look good you know, to my clients and my customers. So that's kind of the, the thought process. So we, we, we really reached to New York City's best. And, and thank God that we had a great track record from these places I told you. And we had a track record of paying people on time. Just the basics, right? Yeah, um, sure. They, but you, like, you did more than that. The original Playboy Club <laughs> in New York closed in 86. Right. And then obviously it rebranded and, and Playboy went through all sorts of stuff as it's still going through a lot of stuff right now. So for you to be able to, go into a brand, how do I say this? That was dead. The brand was dead. 
And, you know, they're, they're starting to print Playboy magazine with no nude photos. And I'm going, that's not even your brand anymore. You know, what's the point? National Geographic says better than you at this point. And, well, and they didn't. So I want to know because I know the nightclub I business. I managed I managed a club called Confetti uh, back in my early 20s when I was 21. And it was the number one nightclub brand in the nation at the time. We were the first nightclub down in San Diego to do over one million dollars in sales in one month. And we thought that was astounding. We thought those were huge numbers. But now, obviously, the clubs in Vegas and the, I'm sure New York, they're doing millions of dollars in a single night. It's costing and all a lot because, to do that. Yeah, all because of this concept of bottle service. So tell me, good people, you know, having a great attitude, great all that's well and good. That doesn't multiply something's revenue 1,200 percent. You had some creative mm. ideas. What did you do differently to take a dying brand and a barely existing business? and make it viable again? Um, there, was a, there was a lot of things. It, 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 it was a lot of heavy lifting. And I can't just put one thing on it, but like I said to you, when I walked in on a, in January, the first night that they asked me, hey, take a look at this place, see if it's something you can do. When I walked in on a Friday night, Marshall, I'm telling you, there was an, an, a venue that could probably hold 800, 900 people. There were four people in, in the place on a Friday night. So I thought wow. this was, I'm like, wait, okay, hold on. Friday night, eight o'clock. This is what's going on, right? I'll come back on Saturday. So I came back Saturday to have dinner. It was a little bit busy. There was maybe 20 people in the place, you know? I'm like, this place has so much potential, but it's lacking something. Something's missing here. This is not, this doesn't make sense. But we so were in. What was it lacking? Huh? What was it lacking? It, it, it was lacking, you know what? It was lacking soul. It was lacking someone, someone to give it soul, to give it, you know, love. It was just, it was, you know, when you, you, you see places or see anything, it's just going, it's a robotic, you know, just going through the motions. It was just, like I said, it didn't have it. It didn't have the energy that if you're launching Playboy Club in New York City, that what Hugh Hefner would have wanted at his parties, this would have had umph, it would have had excitement, it would have had soul, it would have, it would have a feeling when you walked in, right? That's what it would have had. So it was lacking that. And how to get there was not easy. To get to that point, they they put the place on 42nd and 10th. At that time, everybody, when I asked, so I did my research, my due diligence, and I asked everyone in New York City, all the nightlife guys, hey, should I take this on, take this project on? Everyone said no. Everyone said run. It's on 42nd and not between 9th and 10th. Who goes there for nightlife? Who goes there? That's not, and it was next to a police station. So on top of opening up a nightlife venue, they opened it up next to a police station in New York City. So... It was, a, I heard it was going to sound like a tremendous challenge. But with that said is if I could do it here in New York City on 42nd and 10th, when everyone said, I can't, all the best of the best didn't want to touch it. Tau group, no one wanted to touch the place. I'm telling you, um, if I could do it here, then I'm really talented. And the team, I, my team is really talented. And then that proves to the whole world that, you know, New York City, the hardest marketplace in the world to become and put a, put a name to yeah. that. Wow, let's why, let's let's have some fun, Marshall. Let's do it. So, so took, again, I'm going to pound you till you tell me at least something because I know the business. What did you do differently? Well, it started from A through Z. Um, first, it needed uh, the, the staff needed to understand there's direction. Okay, and we created direction. Uh, we created procedures. Um, we adapted. We listened to the staff. We listened to the teams. Um, we listened to the people. What they wanted. And we, we, we adapted extremely quickly. Um, the first day I remember getting there, we rearranged the furniture. Furniture in the lounge, 
And I said, this is going to make for a better experience. Right now, it doesn't. It's, it's a coffee room. You want a, a place that people could feel like they're having a great experience. So we rearranged furniture. It was literally the first thing we did. And that's one thing I thought, you know, I give myself credit for certain things. My, my partner, Will, he's an operation genius, like meticulous. Every, and that's the part I don't. I'm creative. I'm, you know, I'm promotion. I'm marketing. So and I'm vision. And I could see. If I walked in this place, what would make me feel like I could have a lot of fun here? So that was the first thing. Any venue, anything, anyone entrepreneur thinking about a restaurant or a nightclub, you've got to make sure the place is positioned properly. Because if people can't move around and move a certain way, it's not going to be a great experience. And there's so many finite details that even you talk about bottle service. How many times you see your bottle service tables like right up against the chair? It's like you don't have even room behind the table to just stand up and move around like I see this all that happened, basic comic mistake, making sure that I, I'm so meticulous. Every table was X amount of feet away from the, the from the chairs. So if they were doing if we were doing bottle service, this should be set up just to make sure that the guests could walk back and forth, flow, they feel comfortable, they could bring guests to their table. Uh, if you pay room. a couple grand for a table, you expect some room. Expect room. And then um also, you know, I realized also there's a transition from restaurant to nightlife and we did that really well. So we started Playboy club. Nobody really knew what it was. They were like, they weren't sure if it was a membership club, a strip club, um, a restaurant. So they had no clue what Playboy club in New York city, they launched and they didn't really tell the city what it was. They launched with accolades, like from that were bringing in big time celebrities that they were going to the Playboy club, you know? Um, but they really didn't explain the story. There was no one, there was no one person I felt that was out there explaining the story. What is Playboy Club? So we did a small little quick research. We went outside, myself included. The first 30 people that walked by Playboy Club, we would just ask them, hey, what do you think this place is? Guess what they thought, what they thought it was? They thought it was a strip club. Bam, you said it. Yep. Said 30 out of 30 pretty much said it was a strip club. Yeah, absolutely. So they and, and obviously that's what the brand was known for. So, you know, part of the challenge is, is reinventing a brand that doesn't need to be reinvented. You know, again, so, so Playboy goes away. So Hustler, you know, picks up the slack. Playboy yep. goes, goes away and not in a good example, but Penthouse picks up the slack or whatever the you know, current brand is. The fact of the matter is um, they thought it was a strip club. You knew it was not. What did you do? We made sure, like I said, it came down to decor, the front of the place. We put a huge um, on the windows. We installed um, food and, and pretty people with food in their hands, you know, because we were first a restaurant. That's the first thing we were. As a, it was majorly a lounge and restaurant. So we put some picnic, the whole window we completely changed and we put let people from the outside world just presence alone. We made it look a little bit more prettier, non-strip club out on the outside. We put in um, greenery. We opened up the step and repeat on the front. Um, and we put, like, like I said, some, some, some lighting and made it look like not a strip club. You know, that's, we were, it made it look more welcoming. Um, so that was just from aesthetics. We made some changes, like I said, to the furniture, to, to the small things. Um, and when people, even from the front of the house, when you had security at the front, yeah, we had a nice red carpet. We made it look welcoming. And the security, I didn't want them to think it was a strip club. And, you know, the first thing we asked security to say at the door is, welcome to Playboy Club, um, the restaurant at Playboy Club. And they would say, hey, welcome to the restaurant at Playboy Club. And we yeah. called, we even changed the name on open table from the Playboy Club to the restaurant at the Playboy Club. Okay. And it was just the most simplest things and changes that created such great responses because guess what? If I'm booking a dinner or a, res a restaurant reservation, automatically, because it says Playboy Club, you're 
basically segregating half the, all the couples that want to go out because my wives aren't going to say, I'm going, I don't want to go to, the, I mean, I don't know what that, what you're into, but majority of wives aren't going to be like, I'm going to the Playboy club for dinner. Sorry, honey. No, I, I think we can figure out a better place. So with that being said, we, the restaurant helped that. And then we just started creating a lot of great content. Um, making content was, was very key to us creating food content, people eating and having a good time, music and vibes. And we just started creating content and spent a lot on digital marketing and putting that content out to New York City. We focused on the New York City area and shown everyone that it was a restaurant with music. Um, we made even changes internally that before I got there for the restaurant, the Playboy bunnies were dressed up as in these outfits, which were, were which are in a museum were being utilized to serve the tables. You and I both know if these characters are in these, they have to get the change, they gotta be perfect. They're not gonna give good service. They just didn't have it there. Everybody's asking them to take pictures, you know, you know, be around, you know, be around. They wanna see them. So they, that's not, they wouldn't be able to deliver good service, but whoever's idea of this was, was the Playboy buddies were supposed to serve the tables, get the orders. And these young ladies that we, prior to me getting there, that they got to come in and be Playboy bunnies were never trained um at service they didn't know you're so you're now you're trying to no, get they're hired because they look good they're getting models and trying to teach them on the fly how to serve tables like i, I don't know whose idea this was before me but it didn't sound right um so right off the way we um decided you have is the answer to that question by the way well he well listen you gotta remember Hugh trained his people though like these girls right. were trained they haven't had service experience, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, like just, he was more mindful of it. I mean, the idea of it makes sense, but regardless, we had to turn around fast. This is a dying ship. They had, their payroll was at 400%, 400% over, you know, we had to, so we had to move quick. I didn't have time. So we were just, we were just moving on the fly. So we decided to bring in real servers because actually the chef we had, Tabitha Ye, was unbelievable. She created an unbelievable menu. Like I was honestly to this day, one of the best steaks I've ever eaten and, and at the Playboy Club. It was unbelievable. Now you're making me hungry, dude. People didn't see the, because nobody was coming in there. So, and when they did come in, they got horrible service. So they never come back. So we got real servers. Um, we got busters in there to make sure I, we, I was such a stickler, like things, little things like someone pouring sparkling water into my water um, cup. You know what I'm saying? Like how many times that happened to me? And I, so we were so sticky, like you had a water cup and this is what a water cup looked like. And a, you know, a rocks glass that looked a little bit different. So the bus boys would just know, I never, I will never make that mistake. And I made sure that nobody's water ever got down half full. We were, we had two busters just assigned for serving water. That's it. Making sure water and club sodas are filled. You can lift, if it went down a little bit, they're on top of your table. But we also told the busters and the staff, this is how we want to be. We're not overworking you. You do this and you're, it's going to lead to better tips for you. You're going to make more money. This, we give this level of service. So we explained the culture to the team. We brought in real servers that knew how to serve. But New York City got wind of this and they thought we were like demoting the Playboy bunnies. And we weren't trying to demote them because they weren't off the schedule. They were just going to be using a different role. They would right. be going to mingle. They are the attraction. Go to the tables, get, take pictures, um, make a relationship, ask them to come back, you know, get them to, you know, hopefully maybe they'll spend a little couple more bucks. Maybe they want to, you know, buy champagne or, you know, offer the amazing amenities, show them, take them for a tour of the downstairs, um, the, the rabbit hole where we do our membership, you know, explain the features and benefits of the Playboy Club. And that's what we started doing. And that's where we were able to now sell our memberships because guys were like, wow, we had such amazing facilities, but 
it was just not being orchestrated properly. So that's really what we came in orchestrate. We, we went hard with marketing, great material. We, the marketing, marketing works, marketing one-on-one. That's, we went all in on marketing, highlighting the amazing times, the great stakes and people having a great time drinking and just showing that to the world. And New York City started coming a little by little. On top of that, the nightlife promoters of New York City, um, I made good relationships with. Typically, they wouldn't take these these projects on, but I think I've been able to prove myself that I throw really, really fun events, right? Like that's from my entertainment experience from bar mitzvahs and sweet 16s. I was able to learn a lot about throwing an event. And my family is from the Caribbean and the Caribbean Trinidad and Tobago is known for carnival. And if you've ever seen a carnival, what that looks like, it's a fun, it's an experience. People in big outfits, confetti. Yep. It's what you think about when you think about carnival dancing. And these are the experiences that I personally grew up in. My, my parents were doing little carnivals at the house every weekend with their family and yep. friends. So this is the life in the world I just was experienced to. And then I enhanced it by working with some amazing entertainment companies and doing some big, big events as a 21-year-old. I did everything from carrying in the boxes and setting up the stands and the speakers and the DJ booths to being an entertainer and dancing and being an MC with these. I, I did everything in the entertainment. I came up from literally ground floor and did everything my way up. And that's including everything you know I've ever done. My parents, you know, I was first yep. generation here. So, you know, we, you, you're talking about something. And what you're talking about right now is an adage that I wholeheartedly believe in. Donald Trump said, if you build the best property using the best materials on the best location, there's always a product there's always, you know, a market for the very best. And then the, the other side is that people will always pay more for a better experience. That all things being equal, we just want a better experience. We want to feel better. So the idea of a waiter or a bus person making sure my water never dips below two inches is just my way of, of looking at them and saying, I don't really need the water, but I do appreciate that somebody's watching me. And I do appreciate that somebody's paying attention to my needs. That's and it starts there. And imagine now, think about how detailed that was. Every step of our details were going to be that that you know yep. that wide. So um, we kept going with it, and we just started programming and letting the world know this is the program for the week. This is what we're going to be doing on Monday night. On Tuesday, whether Monday night was um, Monday night football or chess night, Tuesday right. night, um, you know, some, could have been Taco Tuesday or or you know whatever it is. Thursday night we created we invented steak night. And steak night was a, a, a one of the best steaks for in for family style. We would make if you were two, four, six, so for businessmen in New York City to want to go out, it was inexpensive. We were charging fifty dollars per person for steak night, and we were you're getting porterhouses and a two or three different style, types of steaks. And it was a we invented this. It wasn't about the food because guess what? Once they started eating, they started buying the nice expensive wines and yep. buying the drinks and champagne. So we just got them to come in. We broke even on the food. But guess what? If somebody on the upstairs is looking at this, like, yeah, you guys aren't making money on food. What's, you don't know what you're doing. No, we are filling the place that was completely empty when I took it in January with two people here. Now we've got yeah. a place filled. Yeah, we're breaking even on the food. And guess what? The kitchen's not going to be really happy because I'm increasing food costs. Because in this meal, you got a first course, a second course, and then ended with a big steak platter with French fries, um, um, uh, veggies, um, Parmesan crusted. It was unbelievable. Everything. It was just a, a spectacular, it was a display. And then we ended it with a, with an, um, over medium egg that was on top of everything. It was just 
Um, it was a meal. It was something that a men would be like, wow, <laughs> let's take out our phones. You yeah, know. I, I never should have had you on the show. Oh, no, I'm saying we're getting hungry, too. We're going to have to go out. No, definitely, dude. I, I fast until after my show. Oh, so no. I come into my show hungry, and I've not had a guest on the show yet that was talking as much about food as you are. So I'm going to have a great Mexican meal right after I'm done here. And, you know, I was thinking about that. There's a guy, what's his name? He goes, is it Salt Bay? Yeah, Salt Bay. That guy? Oh, yeah. Legendary. legendary. It is legendary. And it's such a stupid thing that it's legendary because it's stupid. Mm -hmm. You know, if you really think about it, you don't really want your food dragging across his sweaty forearm. Well, you, know, you don't want that. That's gross. Not, I agree. <laughs> but the, the thing is, you know, it's the same as the guy coming to the table in the Mexican restaurant. You know, would you like salsa and chips? Yeah. But then they come and they make a big presentation about, of you know, anything they do. And I think that that's where everything's moving inside of hospitality, particularly restaurants. They're all moving to presentation. They're yeah. all moving. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry. I've been cutting you off and I apologize. I got to get better at that. But you're saying okay. so, you're hitting everything on the head, Marshall. This is like, you know, I told you, like, you're nailing every point that I've been trying to tell this hospitality world they need to do. The world is all about social media now. You can't go left. Yeah. People are about, they want an experience. They're looking at everything from around the world, the best experience in the world. And you know what? You want to return on investment. You want to go right. to a place. And when I spend a dollar now, I get some type of, I get a better return on my investment. It can't, you can't just give me the basics anymore. I'm not okay with the basics. The culture is not, with social media, everybody's showing off the best of the best. They look the best. They're the best presentation. It, everybody's got to step up their game to earn anyone's business anymore. So that's what we, you know, I felt we were doing prior to even thinking about this is, you know, at, at Playboy. And we literally, we went over and we created a nightclub in the back. It was an empty space. I didn't have any budget. So I had to create a nightclub with a black, box space so we did that we were able to create it and we got the, i told you the, we were bringing in you know some big celebrities to perform we had some of the best promoters that were friends of mine they because when i the reason promoters did it with me they knew they were going to get paid that's the one thing our vendors knew with if, you're, if i put my name to it you're going to get paid and we're going to create some fun really cool and unique experiences so the way i got the promoters involved because they were all already doing nightlife venues i started to do like a dinner lounge fun time. So it was the time that they're not really busy. So I, I invited them all to do dinner with me, the promoters to come into New York, come to our place, bring your team. We'll, I'll host you promotional dinners and yep. you guys will help us make the place look great. It'll give you a place to bring some clients. You could still sell bottles before going out to the nightclub. So you could double up on your commissions and how you normally make your money at the nightclubs. You can do that with us in, in some way. So I brought them in. I invited them in. I gave them a place and we made it fun during dinner time. You know, I was bringing, we were doing, um, I created membership experiences and the membership experiences where we lit, we had sparklers, like 200 of them throughout the whole entire place. And we brought out signs and we had a entrance music for the membership um, announcements. We put the Playboy Club key in the box. It was, we brought in 20, 30 bunnies to deliver it. And the whole place was, it was, a, it was outrageous. Um, everything was detailed from even the music celebration. We, I had a DJ come in and create this entrance and it turned into a celebration that turned into something higher and the, it just kept going up and level and leveling up. So everything was detailed from, I was, I, I was, I was a little bit of, I'm a little crazy when it comes to this stuff. Cause like, I love yeah. to make sure everybody has a great time. So we had dancers, we had confetti. It, it was a, the whole place filled with confetti, the whole entire place filled with confetti sparklers dancers 
um, people in, you know, the, the bunnies with signs, you know, welcome members and with your name on it and a picture of you on it. And we, we went over the top and that's what we delivered. Yeah. That's what you told me what was missing. That's what was missing. You're right. That, and, and I want to keep expanding on that because that's important to our viewers. Uh, the nightclub I worked at was called Confetti and it was a Lance McFadden property. And the whole idea, the whole concept behind Confetti was that it was like you walked into somebody's party. And yes. so every day we put up helium balloons every day, you know, the confetti machines would be reload streamer machines and there'd be dances and, and the staff was all required not only to serve, everybody was required to at least hit the dance floor and do something, whether it was a jump into a dance or whether, you know, we had people that were magicians or singers or, or wrestler, whatever it was that, that again, people want a better experience, but you said something that really got my brain going that people have to consider these days. And what they have to consider is the experience you're giving people at your business, social media worthy, meaning will people whip out their phones and start? That's what built Salt Bay is people in those videos of the salt going across his slimy forearm and, you know, landing on their stake and people went, wow, that's cool. But now, now you see, you know, some some security guard comes out with a big gold box and he sets it down on the table and he lifts the lid and inside is, you know, smoke billowing out. And then yeah. he reaches in and he grabs your quesadilla and puts your quesadilla down in front of you. And, and again, it's all presentation, but that that is the experience that people, you know, we have a high end program we do called Inner Circle. And then besides a high-end experience, you also said something else, you know, that came out and the sparklers are gone. And then we got a picture of them. That picture that cost you 10 bucks is worth a thousand dollars to them because it's their picture in the hottest nightclub in the city. It, it's their nightclub. It's that environment acknowledging how great they are. There was a guy that was just on, I just chatted with right before we got on the show. His name's David Wood. And David Wood is uh, probably one of the best network marketers the world's ever seen. Back in the day, he built a company called Empower Network, and the, the numbers they were doing was astounding. But this guy, David, is a master at giving people a better experience, making them feel like they're part of a community. Right. Because ultimately, isn't that what a club is all about? You know, when I, when I watch the nightclubs, when I manage the nightclubs, we'd have, we, I had a guy come in one night that had a stack of receipts about that thick. And he was making some pretty severe demands on us. And I'm managing the nightclub. And I said, I, I can't do that for you. And he said, don't you know who I am? I said, right now, you're the guy I can't do that for. That's who you are. And, and he said, I've spent all this money. And he had. He had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in our nightclub. But it was all because we, on a regular basis, because he was spending so much money, gave him a heightened table off in the corner where he could basically, you know, sit on his throne and oversee his court. Right. Be spending the money. We give them a better experience. So that's one of the things that I think people aren't aware of is that, you know, we just flew up to Alaska and I, I don't fly commercially anymore. I can't stand it. But the charter was pretty pricey. And I said, hey, we're going to fly commercially. And then the airline had some wall panels fly off their jets. So they grounded their jets and they canceled our flight. And mm -hmm. I told them, we're going we're going to charter a plane anyway, then it's not meant to be. So for me, you know, there's nothing wrong with flying commercially unless you're used to flying privately. There's nothing wrong with somebody serving you a cocktail and that's all you get. 
But if you've had somebody serve you a cocktail and pull out your you know, picture with your name on it or, or make a special bar stool that's yours when you walk into the club, that then makes it yours and you feel obligated to go there. You feel obligated to tell people about it. And then, you know, pretty soon it catches on. David and I were talking about the idea that, you know, in, in network marketing, there's a lot of people that are broke. And I said, yeah, but there's a percentage of people that aren't. And I said, the people that are broke have a place, just like the people that came into your nightclub that didn't spend a lot of money. They're okay there. You want the place full. Yep, absolutely. We'll spend a lot of money, walk in, and they don't see four or 40 people. They see, you know, a thousand people. And they say, man, this joint is jumping. Absolutely. Now you can start selling bottle service. Absolutely. And that's what happened. And I mean, guess what? Even those people, they still have their phones out and they have a network. And if they didn't give me a dollar today, they may give us ten dollars tomorrow. Those same, or people, their rich friend may come in next week. Man, they'll tell their another rich friend, and there's multiples of this, and you, that's how you got to think. So you're right. So I think making the play social media worthy was very, yes. very important to us because um, you see what Gary V has done, right? This man is what a genius in his own right, and he's he speech. His speaks about so many amazing things in his way, but he was so intelligent to say, you know what, a couple of years before everybody else thought of it, let me just flood the internet with my content. And well, now, yeah, you know, both, both he and, and Alex Hermosi, well, both Gary V and Alex Hermosi, same thing. They Their whole business model is built on putting out an excessive amount of content. So much content that they're everywhere. Yeah. So much content, you don't even watch their content, but their face is everywhere, so you know their face. Right, but even if one person watches 10 million pieces of content, or you have one piece of content that gets 10 million views, is it any different? It's, no, you it's know not. what, but they're, you said it, they're plastered everywhere, their faces everywhere. Even if you're scrolling down, you know, the um, the finder or the, you know, the explore page, they're just yeah. everywhere in there. You, even if you don't click on it, you're like, oh, that, you know who they are. So they did, yes. I guess that part of personal branding was just done so well. And that's what I've tried to mimic. Listen, I've, I'm smart, I think, but I'm, I'm trying to follow people who have done it better than I, so I get there faster. And I'm, I'm my, I have no ego. I want to learn from everybody. And Marshall, I'm, I'm excited, even you, because I think I'm going to go learn so much from you. So I'm super excited to figure out a way, you know, to connect with you even more because I'm looking, you know, you, you've got some, like these places you're mentioning, I wish I knew of. I, I did this on my own. This came from this. I wish I would add, hey, we did it this way. We did, like I didn't at that point, couldn't afford or have the time to even look left and right. So I had to, but do what I knew. And it's from the places that I was able to go um, and the places that I love um, experiencing, whether it's in, I was in San Tropez, whether it was in Mexico, whether I was in the Caribbean, the hospitality we were given. And that's all we tried to do is, all of those pieces give great hospitality. When people came into our doors, we welcomed them. We didn't, it was not no big bouncer, tough guy act. We didn't want anyone, any bouncer to ever, anyone to ever feel there was a bouncer. It was an opportunity when our bouncers, they were protection angels. That's what we wanted them to feel like. You're here to protect them from outsiders, anything happening to our guests. These are your guests and your duty is not to, if either anyone has an altercation, you're here to protect everyone not to throw anyone outside and put them on their ass and be mean. Yeah. You know, if someone was having a bad night, help them out, get them out safely and explain to them properly that guess what? Tonight's not the night. You're a little bit over intoxicated or you know what? I don't like seeing you like this. Come back next week. I got you, you know, yeah. two people fighting the arguments happen. You got to be a peacemaker in this day and age. You're going to, you're rallying everybody up. You put people over your back. Like, this is not the experience that, you know, there's ways to, there's ways to solve some of these things. And we just wanted everyone from, from our security team to our host, 
to the busters to have be excited. We no one was allowed to walk by you without you saying hi, welcome to the Playboy Club, or when you left to say good night, get home safely. That was our right. staff. The little training in that. Hey, you, someone's walking by you. They make eye contact. How you doing? Welcome to the Playboy Club. We kept saying it. We kept letting people yep. know about the Playboy Club, and they heard it. And it wasn't so cliche anymore because once you experience, oh, it's not a strip club. Once you go though to, oh, it's not a strip club. Oh, you don't have these bunnies. No, it's classy. It's it's well done. It's really classy done. The, the, how they do the bunnies. The bunnies are there as part of the as this you know movement in this global ambiance. Yeah, the ambiance. And listen, in a Me Too movement time, it was very scary. People, they, they were on us for every little thing. Every move we made, they were on us. Yeah, and they were on us. You know, the the uh, uh, alcohol, uh, what is it? Uh, food and beverage, al- alcohol. SLA, the SLA. The liquor what do you call it? The state the liquor authority. Yeah, I forget what we call it here in California, but they were all over us. We did this thing, this dance. It was just a dance where the guy, the gal would lay on the floor and in the course of the dance, the guy, both, both employees, both teammates, he would get over her and do push-ups over her. That was all it was. Yes, it simulates sex, but I mean, it's not horrible. It's adult. It's an adult club, for God's sake. Right. But the uh, alcohol, uh, food and beverage, gosh, what is it called? Alcohol? The alcohol board. Anyway, the police, the alcohol police came in and said, you guys can't do the that. That's the, the fun porn. police. They were the fun yes. police. They, they told us it was pornographic. I'm going, no, you should see the stuff we do. The other stuff we do is pornographic. This stuff is not. But, uh, you know, it's so many things that you got to think about going into that. Before we wrap up, and I can't believe how fast this hour has gone. You, you're amazing. You're very interesting. But tell me, uh, you're a speaker, whether you know it or not. You're dynamic. You're charismatic. You speak well. You're engaging. You're extremely likable. What's next for Richie? We're going to keep um, doing great things in this world. Honestly, I told you, my my time here is... At the end of the day, when I lay down in my time, I, I wanted to make sure I made a really good, positive impact in this world. And to What's do that, the biggest I, impact you want to make. What 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 is going to be your legacy move? I want to make I want to make sure we make this world a better place. Right right now, we have tons of divide. The world is getting more and more divide. And guess what? At the end of the day, we got to remember we don't have a political issue. Actually, we don't have a religious. We don't have a. It's not a black and white issue. We have a leadership issue. That's what we have right now. And this leadership issue is because we're promoting more hate and not more love. And that's what we have to continuously, no line, no lines in the sand anymore, because we got to remove the lines. because when there are lines, that slows progression, right? Lines, when you have divide, you don't progress as fast enough. You don't progress even close as fast as you can. But when you have collaboration, we progress. Imagine all the greatest minds in the world came together and thought about how to fix problems and solve solutions. The greatest mind, we collaborated with the, all the top geniuses in the world. And we would, it's, and the, and the world has a bigger thing is we got to remember this, this is the human race, the world today, the world itself. We have a world, it's not the world, it's not me versus you, it's the world versus the universe. We've got to protect this planet for our loved ones, the ones after us. And it's our moral duty to do that. But to do that, we have to collaborate because the faster we come together, the faster we can expand like the speed of light. But it's all, it's not gonna, whoever good, I think a good and negative energy, the negative energy is winning right now. And we got to bring back the positive energy. And that's going to go through love and showing each other respect. The basics. Leadership starts at the home. So what's next for Richie Ocene? I'm going to continue to help build my platform. You're going to see me put out more content out. I'm going to try to follow Gary Vee um, and Hermosi. So I'm going to just put out more content and hopefully I can help people and help businesses grow. So the bigger my platform grows, the better I can 
a better chance I'll have to spread this mission and, and this message to the world that we got to come together. We got to have more conversations like you and I today, Marshall, and do some great things for the world and do epic things. So that's my next one. And it's going to be in healthcare. I'm working with a company called Cherish Health. Look them up. And nutrition, I'm looking, I'm working with a company called Peruse. Um, two amazing companies that are putting the same energy that I put into everything I do into the work they're doing. And it, these, these are two products that are going to revolutionize the world. Um, and I'm happy to be a part of it. So in the last couple of minutes, to tell me, what does Pray for Humanity do? Um, so Pray for Humanity is a foundation that I'm going to launch. And it's, it's, you'll see, I'm going to show you the, you know, it's a, and during COVID actually when we thought about it. And like I said, I, I told you, I don't think we have a, um, a religious issue. I don't think we, I think we have a, a human race issue and a leadership. So we, we so we have a human, we've got to pray for humanity right now. That's what we all should be doing. We should all be praying for humanity because we have a humanitarian issue. Um, a world, the, the division is, is, is gone beyond and, and we're in a weird times right now. We got to come back together and start solving problems and start working with one another. And I think that's where happiness will, will lay and will lay a great foundation for the future. Our kids, kids and kids. And we got to start thinking about that. How can we make the world a better place? How can we fix these the issues we have, cure diseases, um, you know, and make the world a better place? And how to do that is, you know, I'm in healthcare. I'm going to be in marketing. I'm in a bunch of these places. So I'm going to try to do my best, do my part. And if I could do my part, I guarantee it'll be one step in the right direction. And anybody, you know, out there that, you know, leadership starts at the home, right? At home, if we could fix just, you don't have to worry about anybody else. You just stay in your lane. Don't look right and don't look left. Everybody stays in their own lane and fix their own problems in their own homes. That's it. Leadership at home, teach people love, respect, all the basic principles, the most basic principles that should be taught in a home. Love, respect, under, you know, respect your elders, you know, say please and thank you, use your manners, just the basic. We do that at home. If everybody starts to do that at home, the world's going to be a better place. It's that simple. Yep. We just got to. Powers that be would have us separated because that's where they can control us. If we're separated, we're controllable. And if we're not separated, we're not controllable. So I would wholeheartedly agree. I love your message. Unity is the way. Any last thing besides that that you want to say to our audience before we wrap up our conversation? Listen, I mean, we, we live very short lives. We're a speck in the dot of the spectrum, right? So do it if you want to. It's, everybody has the right to do whatever they want to do. If you want to be a lazy bum and sit home and watch, that's your right, actually. It's no one, not, I'm, I'm not here to judge. You're not there. No one can judge you. The only person that can judge you is yourself. So whatever you want to do in this world, just do it great. Be the best couch potato you can be. If you want to be do great things in this world, just keep going because people really, we need it. We need each other. We need people doing great things in this world, uncovering, you know, diseases, solving problems, creating new technology. We need it all. We need everybody to go after it with all they got, because it's a very spec. You have a chance to make a difference and you got to live this life and whatever makes you happy, make yourself happy. That's you be selfish with this life. And if you make yourself happy, it's easier to make other people happy. And that's how I feel. So go after it, attack it. You know, it's it, before you know, it's going to be, we're going to, it's, it's going to be over. I bet our, our elders say it all, say it to us. And if we, we, we learn from our elders and we can learn fast, enjoy this life and enjoy it. It's up to you what you enjoy and put your, put it your all into it. And that's what I'm planning to do. And I don't, I'm not trying to waste a minute. Every second of every day, I want to go after it. I love it. Hey, you're an awesome guest. It's great to have you on the show today. I look forward to us meeting sometime very soon in person. And I appreciate you taking some time out of your extremely busy day 
to come share your expertise with us. Thank you so much. Thank you to you and your staff, everybody from head to toe, from pre to now, you guys were outstanding, outstanding work. And like I said, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you, Marshall, for having me. Feelings mutual, brother. God bless. Take care. We have the best people on this show. That is for sure. Greatest guests, greatest callers. Uh, Speaking of callers, we're coming to the top of the hour and you know what the top of the hour means. It means that I'm going to start taking your calls. When you call in, all you got to do is go to studiomoney.info forward slash live guests. And the reason we have you do that is we just want to screen. We just want to make sure you're interesting, that your microphone works, all the above. When you get on the air, should you happen to uh, say the secret word of the day, the today's amount, 9,500 bucks, $9,500 up for grabs on 225.24. And even if you don't say the secret word, if you have a really interesting question and I, I, uh, Find that the rest of the audience finds you fascinating. We've got a survey software set up and we're going to send you over to vote on your favorite call. And if you are voted best call of the day, you win 10 ounces of Marshall Silver Pure Silver. So that is going to happen. Uh, For those of you that are brand new to the show, we do a lot here. Uh, Not only do we take your calls every single day, give you free advice that I'd normally charge $60,000 for a one-on-one coaching session. You get it free every single day. And my desire is that this show would be something that we don't make any money on the show, by the way, we're losing a boatload of money. And when I give away, however much we end up giving away, whether it's $9,500 today or $20,000 in a couple of weeks, whatever it is, we lose money on the show. And the reason that I'm okay with that is I know the show's already making a difference. And that's all I care about. I want to make a difference. Where will we make it up? Well, my desire would be that you guys love the show. You say, gosh, I like hanging out with Marshall Silver. I want to come be with you and that you come be with me. You come to First Turning Point. That's our foundational course. That's our beginning program. We teach Turning Point six times a year right now, about every other month. We got one coming up next month in Vegas, and every single caller on today's show is going to receive two tickets to that. Uh, We also have uh, First Million coming up, and First Million is an extremely important event. It's coming up March 4th through the 7th. First Million Irresistible Influence is going to show you how to make this your first million or your best millions year. So because I'm going to give Turning Point tickets away for free, I'm going to show you a video about what that is so you know what you're winning. And so you know what the first million event is all about. I'm going to show you a video about that. Then we're going to enter the vault. And once inside the vault, I am free to talk freely. So if you have not yet gotten a membership to the vault, go to Studio Money dot info forward slash the vault get yourself a free membership it'll get you an affiliate link then that way you can use that affiliate link to tell other people all about our program and should any of them buy any of anything from us you get a 30 percent commission so this broadcast can literally be a massive revenue stream for you and only tell people about the show when you love it so if you love the show while i'm showing you these short videos go ahead and tell all your friends log on check it out Take a look at it, but go to studiomoney.info forward slash the vault to be sure you get your affiliate link so you can tell everybody all about this, make some money, have some fun. So let's take a look at the videos. We'll be right back after these breaks, taking your calls at studiomoney.info forward slash live guests. We'll see you in the vault. Turning point. Total change in direction for the better. Who here is ready for a turning point? You absolutely have to have one. Put them on. The two-day turning point seminar is different than any other program in that it does more than just teach you the skills for your relationships, wealth, and power. It also programs you on a subconscious level to put those skills into immediate use. 
This weekend is about empowerment. This weekend is about you understanding how to take charge of your own life. You will learn total control of your thoughts and emotions, how to use END or psychoneural duplication to take on the thoughts and actions of others to produce similar results, whether it's losing weight, changing habits, being a millionaire. When you think what a millionaire thinks and you do what a millionaire does, you'll produce similar results. You will learn to program these powerful tools at a subconscious level for immediate and lasting results. Your conscious mind is what's called your critical factor. It's the mind you're using right now to determine whether the information I'm giving to you will work for you or not. Your subconscious mind, on the other hand, is merely a computer. It's non-critical. It doesn't even have the ability to make judgment. So all trance, hypnosis, reprogramming is, is setting aside the critical factor of your conscious mind and non-critically accepting suggestions. And empowering. To make a fear vanish, you must experience it fully. As it helps you create your life exactly the way you want it. Bring your family closer. Find the love of your life. Create strategies for wealth. Learn irresistible influence and so much more. Because of the intimate nature of this course, seats are very limited. Register now before your life passes you by and there are no more turning points for you. Tens of thousands of people have learned this information and are using it daily. You don't get angry if you get fired from your job and you know that within two years you will be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. It's your time. There's a way for you to win this game that is different than how you're doing it. And it works. It's your life. When you learn how to do that, you become more powerful and power is for use. It's your turning point. Isn't it time for your first million? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to do what you love and learn how to monetize that on a seven-figure level? Do you want to know exactly what you need to do and what not to do to have your biggest year ever? If not now, when? First Million. A two-day subconscious learning experience that both teaches and programs you with the personality traits and habits of multimillionaires. At First Million, you'll learn how to take almost any wealth vehicle to a seven-figure level or better. You'll learn how to stop using vehicles that don't work, are too difficult, or simply unsuited for you. Making money is supposed to be fun. Stop living your life, getting ready to live your life, and start living a life of adventure. First Million was crafted to not just change what you do, it's also going to change who you are. Instead of trying to become a millionaire, you'll learn that you're already a millionaire, even if the money has not yet been deposited in your bank account. Beyond mindsets, you'll learn the actual personality traits of multimillionaires, so you'll naturally do what millionaires do to produce a similar result. One of the key personality traits of a millionaire is charisma. Imagine being able to walk into a room and without speaking a word, have the entire room drawn to you. Imagine others hanging on your every word, wanting to be near you, to be in business with you, and hungry to buy whatever you're selling. 
First Million will teach you how to use the charisma that politicians, entertainers, CEOs, and celebrities use to move nations and make millions. You'll also learn how to get more done in less time. You'll learn priority management and what the highest and best use of your time is. You'll learn laser-like focus upon IGAs or income generating activities and you'll learn to let go of anything below your pay grade. What if you had more customers than you ever imagined? What if they came right to you and fought to buy from you? At First Million, you'll learn attraction marketing and strategies to get others to pay you for your marketing and advertising before they even purchase your offer. When you attend your First Million, you'll begin to see an overwhelming amount of amazing opportunities all around you. You'll look through the matrix and easily identify target-rich environments. You'll learn dovetailing and stacking strategies to acquire more customers and do more business with the customers you already have. Unless something is sold, no money is made. Whether you're a sales pro, a novice, or even scared to death of selling something, your first million is going to have you fall in love with influence and enjoy it as the game that it is. When you believe in what you're selling, you're obligated to sell it. You'll learn exact language patterns of influence and persuasion. You'll learn how to get others to ask you for what you're selling and have them believe it was their idea. You'll become dynamically able to use arcing statements, direct links, embedded commands, and so much more. An entire tool belt of selling gambits will be yours after you get to your first million. As a first million alumni, you will be clear on what you need to do to GTFM or get the freaking money. You deserve great wealth and your first million will help to raise your self-esteem around the topic of money. The amount of money you make will always be determined by your own self-image. You'll learn what billion-dollar corporations already know about outsourcing, how to get anything below your pay grade done for pennies on the dollar. Your first million will give you the groundwork to understand presentation skills and the highest paid profession on the planet, public speaking. When you graduate from your first million, you'll be able to create presentations that inspire with confidence and power. If all that weren't enough, there's so much more. Making your first million is almost certainly going to require that you manage at least a small team. You'll walk out of the course with the knowledge of how to lead teams and synergistically get more done in less time. Technology has made our lives so much easier as we've learned how to harness it. The First Million course will teach you what is up-to-date and available in technology so that you can use that cutting-edge technology to get more done and have more fun. You'll also learn how to harness the power of the Internet for massive, passive profits. Every time you attend your First Million, you'll learn new technology and Internet marketing strategies as these two portions of the class change every time you attend. It's like getting a brand new seminar each time you come. If you're a representative, you may attend your first million as often as you like, totally free with your enrollment in the first million course. If you're not yet a rep, or if you have not yet invested in your first million, enroll now. Everything begins in thought, and you know what you want to say. Go ahead, say it now. Say it out loud. I'm ready for my first million.
Hey there. A couple of technical challenges going on. Welcome. Glad you're with me. Uh, this part of the show, we will start taking your calls here in the studio. And you could potentially win $9,500 cash if you say the secret word of the day or 10 ounces of pure Marshall Silver Silver. So you are loved. You are live. Tim Sela, you are on the air with me now. Welcome home. How are you, Marshall? I'm always awesome, friend. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Michigan. I saw your uh, area codes. I figured as much. What, yes. what city? I actually used to live in California when I was in the Marines. I was in Camp Pelton, right by Carlsbad. Hey, thank you so much for your service, brother. Thank you. But now what city in Michigan? I'm in Dearborn. How lovely. Yeah. Greenfield Village, uh, Henry yes, Ford Museum. Yes, absolutely. I tell all of my students, one time in your life, you have to go to the Henry Ford Museum and Greenfield Village because it is the epitome of what an entrepreneur's life can be. You yes. know, just watching what Henry Ford did, it's remarkable. And so uh, for people that don't know what the Greenfield Village is, it's this little town in Michigan that Henry Ford created where he took all the historical buildings of his time, uh, Edison's laboratory from New Jersey, the Wright Brothers bike shop from, you know, South Carolina, took all these historic buildings and replanted them all in one place. So you can tour all these amazing people's homes all in one walk. And, and you don't even have to walk. You can ride around in, in legit refurbished Model T's. So it's pretty cool. Yes. So you were in the service. What do you do now? Right now I do sales. I work for a gym actually is based out of California. And uh, I'm a disabled veteran, so I work part-time and I'm in school and um, I coach jujitsu and teach salsa and dancing on the side. I'm trying to work in getting it, you know, on course. I just do it on the side, trying to get my own studio going. I love it. I was talking about salsa already today. Yes, I know. <laughs> hungry. Yeah. Cool, man. So uh, thank you for your service. I, you, you're fascinating. Tell me what's your question. So my question is, well, I guess I got two questions. So the first one is. Ask the second question first. <laughs> okay. What, I know there's like a um, different time frame with everybody, but typically how long does it take to make your first million? And then for you, how long did it take? That's a good question. That's a Thank really you. good question that I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to understand the answer to. I was an entrepreneur. I, I have worked hard full-time since I was 10 years old. Back in Michigan, uh, I know you know what this is, they have dirt on the farms called muck. Yes. And it's these black soil farms, extremely rich, and they grow spinach and carrots and stuff like that in it. And at 10 years old, I would crawl through the muck fields for a dollar an hour weeding the spinach and carrots by hand. That's how they had to be weeded. And so I have always worked. So if you ask me how long does it take to become a millionaire, I want to go back to when I made $20 million in one year. I had an idea, I put it together, and I went $250,000 in debt to put this idea together. It took me about four months, and then we launched it. It took me actually about four months to get it done. Then we launched it, and within two months, I had paid off my $250,000 worth of debt and I had 2 million liquid net cash in the bank after paying off the debt. So in my instance, four months, 120 days was about the time frame. In fact, I have something and it's a gift for you and everybody else watching the show right now. 
If you go to IamTheNextMultimillionaire.com, IamTheNextMultimillionaire.com, when you go there, it will give you a free audio. The steps to becoming a multimillionaire, step number one is you've got to reprogram your brain and be certain of what's about to happen. You've got to be certain that it is in your DNA, it is, it is in your uh, life's, his, uh, life's future to be a multimillionaire. When you know that, then what happens is you say, okay, what's my vehicle? That's step two. What's going to be the wealth vehicle? Because there's a million ways to make a million bucks. And what you've got to do is you've got to find a way that you love, a way that doesn't feel like work. Otherwise, you're just going from, you know, the frying pan into the fire. You're not, your life isn't better. You're just a different kind of slave. And so the second thing I do is after I get someone's head on straight and they're certain, it's guaranteed you're going to be a millionaire. And anybody watching this show, it's not my personal guarantee. It's, it's the guarantee God makes to all of us. We all have that opportunity and all that ability. The challenge is, is that most people don't believe it's possible. They think it's possible for everybody else, but their self-esteem is so low and they've been beat up so much in their lifetime that they just don't think it's possible. And they sink into a place where they say, I just want to get by. I tell everybody, you're one idea. I used to say a million. It's not true anymore. You are one idea away from a billion dollars. And if you hold that to be true, then the next thing you'll do automatically, you'll start looking for what's my idea. You know, where can I go? This show is starting slowly, and I would certainly like it to start faster. I would like it to grow faster. You know, we've been on the air, today is day 10. We've been on the air for 10 episodes. And yeah, I'd like to have a few hundred people on here at this point so we can have a thousand people by the end of 30 days, which was my outcome and still is my outcome. My experience, uh, Tim, has been that most people don't realize you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, and it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere. And right when you're about to quit, you work a little bit more, <laughs> the dam breaks, the vault opens up, and all the riches that you were working for happen for you. So how long does it take to make a million dollars? In my instance, it took me 120 days to make two million liquid net in the bank. In fact, when you go to IamTheNextMultimillionaire.com and get the free audience there, there's also a program that we launched right before COVID that unfortunately COVID stopped dead in its tracks. And what I'm gonna do, and maybe you'd be one of the contestants, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take 12 entities, and I say entities because some of them will be couples. Uh, we are going to let couples compete together, uh, but 12 entities will come to me and they won't pay me a dime. This isn't to make money, this is to prove a point. They'll come to me, they'll be, they'll be selected and vetted out of thousands and thousands of people. I'll take these 12 people, 12 entities, and over 120 days, I'm gonna make at least one of them a millionaire. And if I'm not able to make one of them a millionaire out of the 12 and 120 days, I will give $2 million of my money to charity. So either I'm gonna make somebody a millionaire in 120 days, or I'm gonna give 2 million of my dollars to charity. And uh, whoever makes the most money over a million dollars, which my belief is we're gonna have six to 10 of them make over a million bucks, Whoever makes the most money over a million dollars gets an extra million dollar prize from me. So it is a big program. We're gonna, the whole point in doing that was this, and it's your question. Could I, could I take somebody in 120 days that was willing to work hard, which you're willing to work hard, right? Yeah. Someone who was willing to be moldable talent, you're willing to do what I tell you to do, right? Yeah. So as long as you're willing to do the hard work, 
work. You're willing to do what I tell you to do. It's math as far as I'm concerned. It's not even, it's just math. And that's the other piece though, is that so many people like yourself. And again, I grew up in Michigan. I know what the culture of Michigan is. Michigan is a culture of hardworking people. Down to earth, good Midwesterners, you know, people that aren't afraid to work hard. The challenge with most people in Michigan is I love Michigan. It's one of the most beautiful states in the union and it is financially depressed. Yeah. You know, when, when, when the Ford Motor Company was flourishing and, and Henry was the number one entrepreneur in the nation, Michigan flourished alongside him. But when foreign automakers started making their automobiles, Michigan's economy started tanking. And unfortunately, it's never recovered. And all of the financial assistance that Lee Iacocca and all the, the uh, you know, big three automakers there in Detroit got from the government didn't help. Because what they needed to do was Elon Musk it. They needed to innovate. They needed to start making different vehicles. I just saw yesterday the, the new Corvette. And, and I happen to like cars. I'm not much of a sports car guy. But I happen to like the new Corvette. I think it looks good. And I think it's highly underrated. You know, it's coming in under $100,000, but it looks just like a McLaren, you know, coming in at $400,000. And the challenge, though, is all reputation. So one of the first things you've got to do, get your head on straight. you got to immediately become a people and a money magnet. The free audio that you're going to download will help you do that. The second thing is on that page, it's also going to list all the elements necessary to creating a million bucks. And the first thing is, what's your vehicle? You know, what are you going to do? What do you love? What would be something fun to make a million bucks with? I just trained a speaker. We just did his first event. He'd never done an event. We did $850,000 in one two and a half day event to approximately 70 people. That's good numbers. Yeah. If we did two of those or had a few more people in the room, he'd already made a million bucks from one event. One real estate transaction can make you a million dollars. One idea that you hand to somebody else that has expertise in distribution or whatever that particular concept is can make you a million dollars or more instantly. So how fast can you make a million dollars? The answer is very fast. The challenge is what you're looking for is in a place you haven't looked. That's the challenge. So it's not about how much time. It's not about, you know, even what needs to be done. The next question you got to ask yourself, what do I need to stop doing? You said something. You said you're a disabled veteran. Yeah. I appreciate your service. If you don't mind me being forward, what's the disability? Well, I have uh, tinnitus and depression, anxiety, and a couple other things. We're, our last deployment was very rough. We lost a lot of Marines in our unit. I'm very sorry to hear that. Thanks. Again, I, I, I feel really bad for law enforcement and military personnel. In fact, any first responders, I feel very bad for how they're getting treated these days. It's not right. It's wrong. We're sending trillions of dollars to a a place where it's basically the center of money laundering for the elites like Ukraine. If we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, I'm all for helping somebody that needs help. That's all okay, but it's not okay for me if we're not helping the people that are citizens of the United States first. Help the citizens first. If there's anything left over, then help the other people. Shore up the border. We, you know, we got soldiers dying all around the world protecting America. You got to be kidding me. Protect the border first because you're letting the terrorists right in the southern border. 
Secondly, take that money and help out our vets, help out our police officers, because that is going to be what gets this country great again. No, you're in a nightmare there. I don't know how you feel about your your governor, but uh, <laughs> uh, apparently the same way I do. Whitmer is she's a nightmare. She yeah. should be in jail. The, the woman is a is a criminal on every level. And, you know, so one of the things that I also teach people on their path to becoming a millionaire is don't get angry at the game. So what I was going to say about your disability, thank you for serving our country. Sorry about your injuries. Nothing I can do about it other than assist you in dealing with what you're dealing with right now. And the way you're going to deal with this, Tim, is you're going to get to a point listening to this show, using my audio programs, getting to Turning Point as my guest, no cost, no obligation to buy anything. All I want you to do, get there. Are you married? Divorced. Get there. Bring a buddy. Bring one of your... Bring one of your soldier, you know, one of your Marine yeah. friends, uh, bring, come together. And I want you guys there because it's going to go a long way with helping you keep your head on straight. It's going to go a long way with assisting you and showing you, you know, what's going on in your head isn't necessarily the truth. It's just your truth for now. Right. I have a, a lot of friends back in Michigan still, and I still have a sister that lives back there. And I, I love them dearly. I also know that a lot of my friends you know, may, maybe for a quick vacation here and there, but most of them will never move more than 50 miles from where they were born. Mm -hmm. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Where yes. were you born? Uh, I was originally born in uh, Massachusetts. I moved to Michigan a long time ago. Well, very cool. What yeah. What are you currently doing to make money? I'm in sales. What do you sell? Gym memberships. Ah, I love it. Good yep. stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I'm also going to include, uh, I'm going to give you access to a program called Irresistible Influence Audio, home okay. study program. I'm going to give that to you as a gift. My way of saying thank you for serving our country. Thank you. I appreciate you being a part of my world. Uh, Irresistible Influence, this, uh, the, the program that I wrote, the audio program, is the most powerful series created for sales ever created. And one of the things I like about gym memberships is gym memberships are selling air, as you know. Yeah. Gym memberships are, are selling something that requires the person buying it to actually do something, and 95% of the population does nothing. And mm -hmm. so, you know, the gym memberships you sell, you know this, 90% of the people that you sell a membership to aren't going to be there after the first month, mm -hmm. although they're not going to cancel their gym membership. They're going to keep it because yeah. their intention is they're going to come back. Right. So one of the things that I would point out to you is good. Yes, sales are the foundation of every great entrepreneur. Anybody that's ever built any kind of massive company was probably a really great salesperson too. You take a look at Steve Jobs. He wasn't really a computer expert. He was an expert at motivating his teams to you know, create his vision. Elon Musk, same thing. He's not particularly talented. He's a phenomenal salesperson. He is the authority. When he speaks, people listen. And he doesn't really give a damn about the money, which is one of the other qualities that millionaires and billionaires hold is while we certainly like money and we enjoy, enjoy the lifestyle it gives us, we don't do anything just for the money. That TV show, I Am the Next Multimillionaire, the first season, I'm probably going to lose, well, I'm going to lose at least a million bucks. You know, my prayer is that that's all I'm going to have to give up is the million dollars. But to produce it, it's going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce it as well. And no assurance that we'll make any money. But here's what I believe. There was a TV show, and it's called uh, Undercover Billionaire. Did you see it? Yes, with Grant Cardone. He was one of yeah. those ones I saw. Yeah, good. So I watched that TV show right before I went in for open heart surgery. 
And I wasn't impressed. And I'll tell you why I wasn't impressed. Grant Cardone is impressive. This is an impressive guy. He's already yeah. done phenomenal things. He was a bit of a baby on that TV show. No, he wasn't a bit of a baby. He was a total baby on the, on the show. And then there was two other women who had also made hundreds of millions of dollars themselves. And the show was about them creating a million dollar business inside of 90 days with nothing. Uh, you know, blank cell phone, no contacts, $100 cash dropped in some random city somewhere. The thing I wasn't impressed with is that they became, they made a million bucks in 90 days. I said, impress me, take a common person, take some ordinary man who served our country from Michigan yes. and within 120 days, make him a millionaire. Cause here's yep. what's going to happen. Every other person that watches Tim become a millionaire in 120 days that can relate to you. Maybe they served, maybe they came out of the, you know, service damaged, physically harmed. Yeah. Maybe they just came out messed up in their head as a lot of people do. Maybe they're hard, 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 hard working older couple who got their first social security check and realize they're not even going to get back what they put in, let alone enough to survive on. Or maybe they're the, the young 23 year old college graduate who's got $250,000 worth of student debt and a degree that's absolutely useless. And they say, oh, okay, now what? One season of this show that takes ordinary people and in four months makes them millionaires, everybody's paradigm shifts. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, oh, it's not difficult. It's different. I need to stop relying on my college degree. I need to stop relying on, you know, job advancement. I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to have my own business, call my own shots, take my own risks. That is going to be the thing that makes me a multimillionaire. So let me ask you a question. You asked me a pretty direct question and I answered it. Okay. I actually didn't answer it at all. I said, I have no idea how long it takes anybody to be a millionaire. I right. know what it took me. What do you love doing? You know what? To be honest with you, I love speaking. I don't know if you heard of Eric Thomas. He's from Detroit. He's uh, one of the Black best. Guy. Yeah. So he went uh, from athlete. homeless. Yeah, he was, he was um, homeless sleeping on the park bench. And I, and I was homeless before too. So I can relate to a lot of things he was saying now. He gets paid to speak all over the world, doing what he loves. And I have allowed the same experiences being, you know, from Detroit, being in the Marines, traveling around and helping people and things of that nature. It's my passion. Wonderful. So have you had any experience as a speaker? No, I have not. Not so yet. So the first thing I've got to do is help you craft your message. Yeah. Once I've helped you craft your message and help you understand what exactly is it that you bring to the marketplace? that's unique. Obviously, Eric uh, has something going for him. He played for, uh, was he baseball? Yeah. So he played for the Tigers. Yep. Yeah. So he played for the Tigers. So he's got that going for him. You don't have that going for right. you. So you're going to have to, you know, find something unique. I tell people this all the time, your unique marketing proposition, uh, your UMC, or uh, sometimes we call it unique selling proposition, USP, is essential for you to figure out what it is that makes you different. What makes me different? I don't just teach people. Whether people realize it or not, I use very specific language patterns to get in people's heads. Right. And I use my hypnosis language patterns to speak to their subconscious mind. So people will be massively drawn to me and they don't even know why they're drawn to me. My yeah. wife every day says, I have no idea why I love you so much. I just love you so much. I must be hypnotized still. And I say, <laughs> of course not, dear. Of course not. <laughs> um, so you've got to figure out what your unique marketing proposition is. What right. might your unique marketing proposition be? Well, I um, like to, 
you know, do things differently. I speak a few foreign languages and, you know, I always, two things I always do every day. I always learn something new and I help somebody out, whether it be, you know, holding the door open or someone that cut in front of me, you know, just paying it forward, you know, and yeah, that's the Michigan boy. Yeah. And I remember one thing that my uh, gunnery sergeant told me a long time ago. He said it's about the intangible things that money can't buy. For example, you can't go to Home Depot and buy a box of love, nor can you go to Walmart and buy a gallon of pride, no matter how much money you have. It's about the things that money can't buy. So just trying to help people to, you know, live, live um, their best life. I lost both my parents to cancer back to back, and it just happened all of a sudden. And that's something I'm still you know, processing that's very difficult. And so with that being said, I, like you said, tomorrow doesn't come. And it's funny you said that because my mom used to always tell me that as a kid. And then when you said that, it was just, wow, the light bulb was going off. <laughs> so helping people to live their best life, be happy. You know, I always believe you're never fully dressed until you wear a smile. Yeah, there you go. Again, it's it's all that wholesome Michigan upbringing. It, it, yeah. It's how we were raised. And, and I, I think it's not just Michigan. I think there's a lot of the Midwest that's that way. Unfortunately, California, you know, the coasts are not yeah. California, New York. It's not. It's it's woke heaven. And, you know, it's it's a bunch of, of very angry people that, that <laughs> find every excuse in the world not to be responsible for their own lives. So yeah. that is it. Now, the next thing is, you know, Eric Thomas uh, has taken an approach that is one of the approaches to speaking. He goes out and he gets a speaking fee and he motivates people and everybody yep. loves him and they bring him back. Um, I have, I speak in a different model. I get voted, uh, I get voted, uh, on by people with their wallet. So when I go out and speak, my intention is to present information that's so valuable that they say, I want more of this information, right. I want more of this value. And when they do that, uh, what happens is, you know, they buy stuff from me and I make a living, not by being paid a speaker's fee. I make a living by people saying, I love your information. I'd like some more. Yep. And so one of the, the things you must do right off the bat is decide what kind of speaker are you? Now, that said, I share the stage with Tony Robbins all the time. I've been on stage with him 50 times at least. Tony, generally speaking, has paid $250,000 to come out and speak on the same stage that I'm speaking on. I'm not paid anything. He also gets uh, $50,000 uh, expenses to pay for fuel for his jet. I pay all of my own expenses, yet I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, Tony gets on stage and speaks and gets paid a speaking fee. I get on stage and I sell things. Right. So the same audience he made a quarter of a million dollars from, I'm going to make two million bucks. Is my job harder? Substantially. Is my job riskier? Absolutely. I'm not guaranteed anything, except I know my skill set. And so what I did early on is I said, I'm going to be really good at selling things. I'm going to be really good, not just speaking and training and teaching and communicating. I'm going to learn how to sell, how to, and I want this to be your phrase because it's going to be the core of what you're doing. You've got a great story. You're right. And I'll tell you, your story will be made better by your success. Right. Your story of coming back with injuries from, from were you in Afghanistan? Iraq. Iraq. So your, your story of coming back from Iraq with injuries, your story of prevailing and saying, I'm not done. I'm not dead. And yeah, I've got some injuries. I'll deal with that. But I am going to be bigger and better and more than I ever was before so that you don't have any excuses. That's a gift to the planet. You know, yeah. right now in this, my autumn, I'm in the autumn years of my life. In the autumn years of my life, 
That's all I want to do is make your life better. That's that's all this show wants to do. It right. seeks to be a word of reason. It seeks to be a, a word that goes back to conservative standards where we respect our parents and we uh, appreciate our loved ones and we're kind to our neighbor. And we can tell jokes and we know there's only two genders. And yes, the election was stolen as our most elect. When we get all that, I'm the guy that's going to tell the truth. And if somebody doesn't like me for the truth, so be it. Except I'm positive. You know, when I watch what's going on in our world and I see how people respond to good, healthy, conservative points of view versus crazy, woke, burn the freaking town down mentality, the majority of the population is conservative. The majority of the population is good. The challenge is the people that are not good are loud. And those loud people, those loud people are the only ones people can hear because they're loud. So, yeah, I think your message as a patriot, your message as a great American, your message as somebody who loved his parents, loves his country, uh, that message is valuable. And unfortunately, most people are afraid. I'm not afraid to have that conversation with people. I only do it in the vault for now because I don't have enough traction to do it on mainstream yet. They'll ban me. I've already been banned. I was banned from Twitter and I didn't even have my broadcast running just because I said I support President Trump. Right. So what do you so what do you uh, what do you suppose you need right now? I want to give you besides the two gifts I've given you, I've given you two point two two tickets to turning point. Will you take me up on that? Yes. Good. And I also gave you an audio download program that we sell for 500 bucks called the Irresistible Influence. So I'm going to give you that to start listening to right away to Thank make you. your sales position better. Um, what do you suppose is the next thing that you need to get started on your speaking? Tour? I'll tell you well, one. You need okay. to smile more. <laughs> right. No, I, I'm the same way. My wife, after my first couple of episodes, we sat down, we watched the video. And the first thing she said was, you need to smile more. Right. Now, I'm not an angry man. Yeah. But if I, it, when I show you my standing face, it looks like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just right. nothing. It's just yeah. that's my standing face. It looks right. angry. So I have to consciously keep telling myself, keep a slight smile on your face. Right. It's more digestible. Yes. It's easier for people to approach. They'll want to be near you. And so when I teach people, what I tell them, smile as if you just farted and the dog <laughs> got blamed. Right. I don't even have a dog, so can't believe the okay. dog did that again. <laughs> yeah. so what do you suppose is the next thing you need uh probably the the foundation you know i know it's gonna take you know time uh financial and and effort and energy you know because i'm all new to this i'm the kind of person where i i don't know how to build a house but i have that passion that that detroit grit you know what i'm saying and all I that do. good stuff get to turning point you will know you have more than you realize you will recognize you don't need money to make money. You need ideas. You need fortitude. You need skills. And that's exactly what I am the next multimillionaire. That's what the show's all about, is that everybody will start with $50,000, their own money, not mine. They don't pay it to me. They keep it in their bank account, never touches me. It's seed money, though. And so sometimes what the first lesson to becoming a millionaire is, is zero times anything is zero. Right. So it's hard, almost impossible to go from zero to a million dollars. So those right. 12 people, they won't be homeless. We won't have plucked them out of the welfare line. They they will be people that are common citizens, people that are doing their very best. 
maybe they have bad credit. We need to show them how to fix their credit. Right. Maybe they, they, you know, are living paycheck to paycheck and we need to show them here's how you get ahead and here's what you do with the money that's once me. you get ahead. <laughs> and I'm guessing that's you. Yes. And so again, if I take wealthy people and I make them wealthier, who freaking cares? Exactly. Uh, taking homeless people and making them millionaires within 120 days, hard to find motivated homeless people. Right. They, they're, they're there. You know, yes. some people are there by disfortune for sure. Half of the homeless people are there because they want to be. They, they just said, you know what? This is going to be my life from now on. And so no matter how much you help them, they won't change. The story, though, that I want is to uh, is, is I want people like you who are willing to do the work, want to change in your life to say, here's the path. So, yeah, go to I am the next multimillionaire dot com. Download that free audio right away. Start telling everybody about this show. Yes. Part of the way I'm going to select my 12 entities to be a part of that is I'm looking for people that are active here with our show before I reward them with the opportunity to come study with me totally free, no okay. cost whatsoever for 120 days. You yeah. are loved, my brother. Thank well, you so much for your quick. service. I, yeah. I did, I what didn't was your first question? The clue, the clue was for the word. Uh, I know that you, you might have gave it away. Is there any way you could just give me, I want to make a guess because, uh, you know, it's up for grabs. <laughs> yeah, make a guess, man. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't hear the the initial clue when you, when I first logged on to what it might be for today. I know what what it was for yesterday. Yep, I'm not backing up. So what's your what's your guess? Um, oh, let's see. Because I, I didn't hear any clues. Is there any kind of clue you can give me so I could just take a, a quick shot? <laughs> no, no. But you you did something, and I want to. I'm going to tell you what you did. Okay. Yes. In that first hour, I give all the clues. When I'm interviewing my first guest, I give all the clues. Got it. And I gave a whole bunch of them this morning. And yes, uh, people want to catch the first part of the show because in the first part of the show, I often give some subtle hints. So yeah, tune in right at 10 a.m. every day. You got a better shot at it. All right. Can I just make a quick, I was just going to take a quick shot at it and say. I would do um, it quick. I'm about to disconnect. Okay. Ambition. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess. Not the right guess, but that's a good guess. Okay. And yes, if, if you're if you're in dire straits, take any any guess. That's what I would do. Right. All right, brother. You take care. Hey, great guests on the show. If you are military, thank you for your service. You are loved. If you're from Michigan, you're and in from the service, you're doubly loved. So thank you so much. Uh, we got time for at least uh I'm gonna do two more quick guests. I want to get two more people on the air. Raymond, come join me on stage. With your fine beard. Welcome home. <laughs> Thank you. How you doing, man? I'm always awesome. Where are you calling from? Uh, North Carolina. Lovely. Are you at home? Uh, yes. I actually, uh, I've been trying to catch your show for quite a while now, but because of the time zone difference, it's like right when I'm taking lunch, y'all are coming on, so I can't. But today worked out perfect because where I'm at, it's raining. And... Uh, so I did get the day on, well, half a day. I don't know if you can see, but yeah, it's been raining all day. So, you know, it worked out perfect for me to catch your show. Well, I love it, man. So you work in construction? Yep. What do you do? Uh, right now I'm a laborer. I just started this job. Uh, it's been about six months. Uh, I'm trying to work to be a heavy equipment operator. I like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your question? Uh. Really, my question is, uh, I have a background, a past 
And I was trying to see how to be positive when you're just working paycheck to paycheck. And like, because of your past, you, you can't get, but construction jobs and them similar jobs. I did heat and air for a while and just trying to see how to be happy. I mean, I have a wife and a kid, which I never thought I'd have. So I just, what I wanted to ask, I mean, they made me happy. That's the thing, but you know, paycheck to paycheck, like you answered earlier, it's, it hurts you. Yeah. It's not easy, man. First, uh, the rich get richer. So absolutely keep coming back every single day, letting your wife know she's the best decision you ever made. Remind your child or children every day that they are loved. Mm -hmm. And where you are today is not an indication of who you are. It's an Mm -hmm. indication of you working toward who you are. Uh, You said something. You said, because of my past, I'm only able to get construction jobs. So I'm guessing uh, some legal challenges in your past. Yeah, well, one, yes. So did you spend time in jail? Yes, I did eight years in prison. Yeah, you're in good, you're in good hands, man. You're in good oh, company, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, you know Thank who you. Ryan Stuman is? Uh, I haven't heard of no, him. Write the name down. Take a pen and write the name down. And give me Ryan. That's cool. Ryan Stuman. You know who Wes uh, Watson is? Um, no, I'm actually new to this. I only know of Jack Campbell, uh, Bob Proctor, and things like that. Because you kept talking earlier with the paradigm shift. Yep. And every time you said that, it reminded me of him. Because I was going to take a class with him, and I just didn't have the money. And you said, what's the man's name? There's two people you want to research when we wrap up this show. The first is my great friend, Ryan Stuman. This guy I- is one of the smartest human beings I know. He's a good person. Uh, he goes by Hardcore Closer. You Google Ryan Stuman, you'll find him right away. Ryan spent a substantial amount of time in prison as well, and then came out and decided that that wasn't going to define him. He talks openly about his his past. He talks openly about spending time in prison. In fact, I believe, and, and if I'm wrong, um, I, I'll be corrected, I, he was in prison twice. I think he was in prison twice. And then when he came out, now, now he is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. He's got an amazing family, a beautiful bride, awesome kids. Uh, He owns a huge ranch down in Oklahoma. He lives down in Texas. And so he's a good guy to watch. And then the other guy, I believe, spent 10 years in prison. And uh, one year out of getting out of prison, became a millionaire. His name is Wes Watson. Since reality is created by validation, often what we've got to do in order to create a new reality for ourselves, Raymond, is we've got to find people that had similar circumstances to what we have now that accomplished mm-hmm. great things. <clears throat> so not only do we not have an excuse, we also have a blueprint. I would look at yeah. both those guys' blueprints and say, okay, here's what they did. Here's how I can do this too. And then finally, yes. the last thing I would tell you is I'm going to give you two tickets to Turning Point. I would love to have you and the wife and bring the kid too. Uh, come okay. check us out at Turning Point. Hang out with us for a couple of days. Promise you it will change your life forever. If you were listening to the conversation I just had, with our previous guests, yeah, you also go to IamTheNextMultimillionaire.com, get that free audio, start listening to that audio, because your biggest challenge is you got to get all that nonsense out of your head. You paid your debt. You did it already. And I don't care what your crime is. I don't even want to know. doesn't matter. If you did your time and you're back out, you paid your debt. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Everybody makes mistakes. I make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. The fact of the matter yeah. is, though, what we do after that will determine our life. 
Yeah, well, so, see, I, I think I've done, you know, quite well for myself, you know, stayed out of trouble, you know, like I told you, I never thought I'd get married. I also thought I was, you know, when I was gone that I'd get punished from God for what I did, that I could never, so I didn't think I was allowed to have kids. Well, our first kid, we had a miscarriage. So then we kept trying and we just gave up and that's when it happened. And here, I got my daughter right here. And you, you're going to love it, man, because I do. <laughs> I didn't think I could. Look at her. Hey, baby girl. Who is that beautiful girl? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello, beautiful girl. How are you? Look at those beautiful eyes. <laughs> yeah, man. I didn't, you know, it, I thought I did good. You know, they say people will pass. But, you know, that's the hard part with me is job wise. You know, because once yep. they see, oh, you're you're a felon, they're like, OK, well, you're a felon. We'll give you this amount of money, something, you know, and it's yep. all construction work, man. That's that's all I can get is construction. Like when I was in there, I read motors, motivational speaking books. I read the law of attraction, this, the book, The Secret. I read all that. So, you know, to have a positive mind frame, I even yep. on my my back, I have living the moment. The, that reposition to me is. You know, I do too much living in the past and too much in the yep. future. When I need to live in the moment, moment means tiny portion of time, time of excellence. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So, And I, and I would know. agree with you. You know, the, the, the challenge is, yeah, you're a felon. There's no way around that. Yeah, you're, no, an honest, you're an honest guy, so you tell them you're, you're a felon. So here's yeah. my recommendation. I would agree. You don't want to work for somebody else. And that's where we're going no. with this. <laughs> exactly. And, and if you're going to work for somebody else, do a phenomenal job. Do a really good yeah, job. If you're going to work for somebody else, don't do it in spite. Don't do it angrily. Don't do as little as you have to do. No, do oh, yeah. more than you have to do. Do more than you're paid for always because that's a sign of your personality. That's a sign of your self-esteem. And so when you start doing that, then you'll either get advanced where you are there or you'll become so talented you won't need your place of employee. But that's the thing that you're going to focus on right now is you're going to joyfully do your job. You're going to joyfully go do that. We're also going to get you going on some other hustles, some other things that can assist you and build you up and start giving you the freedom that you need to never let anybody else ever call your shots or define you. That's both what Ryan Stuman did, what Wes Watson did. They didn't make their fortunes working for somebody else. They've made their fortunes by creating their own destiny. So. Oh, yeah. That's well, your so message of right the day. Now, talking to you. I'm right here yes. now talking to you. So, you know, I, I believe in that. Thoughts become things. You get what Without I mean? So here I am right now. You know, I've been home. I did eight years in prison. I've been home eight years in prison. I got a wife and a kid. I had down in my vision book, I wrote down a wife and a kid. And, I, you know, I do have it. It's just, you know, like I was asking, like, I, I want to, how can I explain it in the best way? Like, Okay, yes, I do do good at my job. You know, I did heat and air for quite a while, you know, and I became a foreman. And now in this job in six months, I got a raise. I actually got a raise a lot. No, two weeks ago, I got a raise. So, you know, I think I'm doing pretty good. But like you said, man, like, you know, eight years I've been home. I always, I've been working for somebody else. I am. I'm ready to work for my own self, even have my wife working with me, you know, just to change things. Especially for my daughter, I would love to leave a legacy behind for her, for her not to struggle like the way I did growing up. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, like I said, like you, here I am talking to you right now. You know, I would have never thought that. I just, when was it? 
I think this past weekend, that just passed last weekend, I was scrolling through Facebook and I just seen you and something caught me. Yeah, it, maybe it was the ounce silver or the money. I don't know. Something just called me. So, okay, well, let me check this out and see how it is. You know, because I do like silver. I, I used to collect it. But uh, anyways, I was just thinking to myself, all right, let's see what see how true this is. Because you see it online all the time. You know, I actually thought this was fake, to be honest with you. I did. I thought it was fake. But I see now that this is real. And here I am no, talking to you right now. The is real, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. See, I'm really and, and, and again, it is hard for people to understand what's real and what's not if they've never been there. You know, when I tell you, you can be like I did in the last call. You can become a millionaire in 120 days, and it's not my magic. It's not my promise. I'm not selling anything when I say that. It doesn't take that long. What it takes is in order for things to change, you must change. In order for your world to change, you've got to approach it differently. And if you've mastered the ability to work for somebody else to the point where you're getting raises, guess what? You're doing your job. You're you're doing what you're supposed to do. And when, when you keep doing that while doing what you're doing, you know, other people on their day off because it's raining, they go, Hey, great day to sit at home, drink beer, get drunk. That's not what you said. You said, you said, no, I'm going to go on the show. I'm going to get some information. I'm going to talk to Marshall and I'm going to have him inspire me. So yeah, you got two tickets to turning point. If you want to bring your, your child, please bring that beautiful girl. Um, you, you can download that audio right away. That'd be a great place to start to keep your head on straight. You're going to review. Uh, review both uh, Ryan Stuman and Wes Watson, and you're going to feel a whole lot better about your circumstance because you'll realize they went from where they were in a similar circumstance and became millionaires within a year. So it's not going to be difficult, yet it's going to be different. And then the final thing I will tell you is the same thing I told uh, my previous guest. When I, what I told Tim was, I said, Tim, smile more. Yeah. I know it's hard. Yeah, I, I know you've been paying. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I want you to smile more and I want you to understand that people are going to notice that. And I'm going to put one last note out to you. Okay. Just a thought, just something to ponder. You're a good looking man. When you smile, it's beautiful. Thank Your you. beard right now may be communicating something to people that at this point you don't want to communicate. And that's, yeah. I'm not just saying that because I'm clean shaven. I'm telling you this because I clearly see you as moldable talent. And I like beard. I, I happen to think I look really good with a with a uh, goatee. I won't yeah. wear the goatee because my experience has been that even though it's subtle, I connect with people faster without a beard, just naked, than I do yeah. with with my beard. And if anything stands in the way of me gaining rapport with somebody else, I'm going to get rid of it. So smile more. Starting now. Okay, I got you. There we go. There's, look at that beautiful smile. Well, see, and, you know, when we get beat up. Yeah. When we get beat up and, and go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just going to say, you know, I grew up dirt poor and, you know, I have 10 siblings and we had no money. We didn't have any running water, no electricity, no phone in the original house that I lived in. Second house was a chicken coop. And I look at my siblings, they're all doing fine now. They're not, they're not starving anymore, except I had a different motivation inside of me. I had a motivation inside of me that said, no, I don't want to get by. I want millions. I want to take care of my mother. I want to take care of the people that I care about. And, and so I set out from the time I was seven years old to be a multi-multi-millionaire, now billionaire. And oh, yeah. all I can tell you, no matter where you start, it matters what you believe today. It matters what actions you take today. And no matter how the rest of your day goes today, Raymond, 
you did the right thing. You got on the air, you talked to somebody that knows a little more about this path than you do at this point. And you've said, I want more. So yeah, if you, you do those things today and today's going to end up being a perfect day for you. I'm glad you were on the show. Keep, stay tuned because your call is fascinating. You just might win uh, the 10 ounces of pure silver. So stay tuned. Okay. I want to, um, earlier when you were trying to figure out the word, when y'all were uh, talking about the plan, well, I, I wasn't trying to figure out the word. I know what the word is. Yeah. FDA. No, but that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, we were talking about the, uh, uh, alcohol, uh, ABC is what it's called in, in San Diego, oh, ABC. Okay, alcohol okay. and beverage, uh, communicate, whatever it is. Okay. So, okay. ABC. Yeah. yeah ABC. Okay. Brother. You are loved. Uh, you take care. Keep listening. You might win the silver. We have time for one more. Actually, we don't. I don't have time for one more call. Patrick, I see you're in the green room waiting for me. Uh, you come back tomorrow. John also, uh, you come back tomorrow. Get on the show right away. And uh, John, I think you were waiting longer than Patrick. I'll put you guys on first on Monday. So please come back to the show. Wrapping up today's show, phenomenal. We had two guests. So one or the other is going to win. We had Tim. We had Raymond. If you want to vote for your favorite call of the day, then go to studiomoney.info forward slash vote. Studiomoney.info forward slash vote. Right as soon as the show's over, it will be open for bidding. And vote on who your favorite caller was. Was it Tim from Michigan or was it uh, Raymond that I was just speaking with? If you are Tim or Raymond, call your friends, contact your buddies and tell them to go to Studio Money. Uh, dot info forward slash vote have everybody vote for you but if you're watching the show right now go ahead vote for raymond vote for tim doesn't matter and on monday we'll announce uh who won the silver if you go to studiomoney.info you'll be able to also see how the voting's going so if you're one of those two people tell your friends jump in nobody guessed the word of the day i gave lots of clues today been talking about it all morning i'm very hungry and mexican food is without a doubt my favorite thing and I almost said the word out loud. We were talking about uh, salt, they dropping the salt on his shoulder and how you go to a Mexican restaurant, and they make a, a big deal about, you know, creating right at your table. Well, the only thing they ever create right at your table, the thing they always create right at your table to get you to buy the more expensive version of it is guacamole. Guacamole was the secret word of the day. So uh, keep listening, keep watching, keep coming. And on Monday, we will hit a precedence. We will have $10,000 cash up for grabs when you say the secret word. I know people are figuring out how my brain works. I know people are figuring out how I give clues. And I have a feeling we're going to give it away next week. So tune into the show. I am Marshall Silver celebrating our 10th, 10th episode of Marshall Silver Live, telling you, you are totally loved. Smile more often today. You'd be surprised how much better it'll make your day while you're making other people's days better too. Until we see each other on Monday, God bless, take care, and celebrate life.